So uh, welcome, Pastor Irvin McCorkle. Thank you so much. Uh, after all of that, I can't wait to hear me talk. <laughs> Wonderful Lord. What a privilege it is to be in the presence of the Lord today in this cutting-edge church in LaGrange, Texas. If you'll excuse me, I have to have props. I... Uh, my wife got me started making notes so I wouldn't get off on bunny trails. <laughs> but it's a real privilege to be with you today. And I, um, are, I don't know if you are aware this church is cutting edge of what God is doing. And God is doing some great and mighty things around the world. Now, Sister Jan said a while ago, uh, talking about two or three different things, she said, we copied this from you, but now we're getting ready to copy from you because <laughs> God is doing something wonderful here. I'm so glad to have uh, my friends, Brother and Sister Parker here, they're just Great people of God, great friends for over many years. And Brother Glenn, say something. We're glad to have you here. God is good. Yeah. Yeah. Father, I guess 35, 38 years ago, he prophesied. He said, your ministry is going to be like a wagon wheel. You're going to go to many countries. And I was pastoring a little old bitty church. Might have had five or six people in it. <laughs> and over the years, it's exactly as he said. It couldn't have been two weeks later after he had told me that in Beaumont, Texas, that the Lord spoke and said, build a church and do that. And everything come to pass exactly as the man of God had said. So when he speaks to you today, take it to heart, let it set in, don't let it sit there. Put feet to faith and make it happen. You can do all things to him and strength. Amen. It's quite an endeavor here now. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the line. <laughs> Again, let me say how much of a privilege it is to be here today. And uh, we just count uh, Brother and Sister Hill as our, some of our dearest friends in the entire world. I was thinking about in fact, uh, I mentioned to somebody about Brother Dennis Hill. I said, he is a genuine man of God wrapped in burlap. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow that seems to fit him, doesn't it? Uh, God broke the mold when he made Dennis Hill. And thank God he brought him through into this area not without persecution, not without trials. But today, many of us find a time to give God at least three, maybe four reasons why we haven't done what he has given us to do. We sometimes call them excuses. But... Uh, if you're one of those that uh, 
has never fulfilled the call that God has given you, you're the one I'm talking to today. And if you are one of those that's already arrived and you are perfect, I'd like for you to please just listen quietly. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I'm going to be reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. When God and when Abraham, or Ab- let me start over. When Abram was 90 years old, Old and nine. The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me, be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face. How could he not fall on his face? And God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Do I have your attention? Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. That was past tense. It was already done. I've already made you that. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of thee. And kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee. And thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. God introduces himself to Abraham, to Abram and then to Abraham. And he said, I am the Lord. Abram fell on his face and God began to speak. He said, I will make thee a father of many nations God began to speak in a way that only God can speak. Your name will no more be called Abram, but Abraham. It wasn't a suggestion. wasn't a request. It was a command. Your name has been changed to Abraham. Just who do you think you are? I can imagine God speaking to Abraham, giving him some unknown information, and Abram, Abraham falling on his face before God, because when God speaks, somebody better listen. I'm reminded that Abraham, the Bible said he was 99 years old. But as far as I can find in the word, this was the first time that God ever spoke to him in a face-to-face manner. He had dealt with him, but now he sees him face-to-face. 
and Abraham fell on his face. He said, I've come not to hear your excuses anymore, why you can't follow the leading of the spirit that I've given you, but I've come to tell you who you really are. Sometimes we have it mixed up. He said, I've come to show you who you are. You're not who you thought you were. I can hear him saying to some of the folks in this congregation today, you're not what you think you are. You're not who you think you are. You may not be as bright as you thought you were. You may not be as smart as you thought you were. I've come to tell you who you really are. I can hear Abraham saying, uh, by the way, God, why didn't you tell me this when I was 35? Why didn't you tell me this when I was young? When I had a lot of energy and when I had the ability to do this and the ability to do that. I believe sometimes God's get, getting sick of our abilities. Because we take it upon ourselves and we think this is what I've done for God, bless God. I've done this and I've done that. Well, God, why didn't you tell me this when I was 35? I, even 40, that would have been fine. But God can't tell you everything because... You haven't gone through enough stuff yet. And I have found out that uh, you have to go through a certain amount of failures before you can enjoy a victory. If you're going to enjoy, enjoy a victory, what are you enjoying the victory of? Coming through some kind of a failure. I've said many times, if you're going through hell... Don't stop. Keep going. Amen? You have to go through a certain amount of failures before you can realize the real victory that God has in store for you. Suddenly, you realize that you're not as smart as you thought you were. You realize you're not as bright as you thought you were. It's staggering when you get to the end of your road and God shows up. He shows up when you're all out of options. God gives you a command to do something when you don't have any strength left. When your youth is gone and God shows up and I want you to do this, well, I don't have the ability to do that anymore. And we start giving God excuses. I'm too old. Then we have those that I can't do that. I'm too young. Well, tell me what is just right. What age is just right to do what God has given you to do? Well, I can't do that. I, 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 don't, I, I don't have the ability to do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. I don't have the ability to get up and speak before people. I can't do this. I can't do that. God said, now you're in position. But as long as we thought we had all of the ability 
and we thought that we had everything worked out, God can't use us. You remember when Moses, they drew him out of the water in that little old ark that his mother had made. Pharaoh had commanded that all the babies, newborn babies, be thrown into, into the Nile River. Well, he was in there, but he was in a little ark that his mama made. Pharaoh's daughter pulled him from the water and named him a Hebrew name and called him Moses, being drawn out of the water. Then after he was grown, the Bible said uh, he saw someone striving with his brethren, not the ones he was raised with, but his blood brethren. And uh, they were fighting, and he, he went over and killed a man, buried him in the sand, because I am the deliverer that God has set up here. I'm going to deliver. And he delivered this man. He was buried, buried the one man in the sand. And the next day he saw some more out there. And he went out and talked to them too. Take care of you. They said, uh, you're going to bury us in the sand like you did the man yesterday? He said, oh, surely this thing is already known. He headed for the mountains. He ran. He didn't have a revelation from God for 40 years. Can you imagine sometimes we take these things on ourselves? I have the ability. I, 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 have, I, I can do all of these things. And we find out we don't have any abilities all at all outside of the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Let me tell you something. Without the anointing of God our life, you know what we are? We are absolutely nothing. We are absolutely helpless, staggering when you get to the end of your road and you know you're all out of options and then God shows up. God, why did you show up when I'm, I'm 99 years old? Why not when I was 18? You remember George Burns? He sang a song, I wish I was 18 again, going where I've never been. Thing is, you can't go back. And God will not take you back to your years of 18 to 35 to 45 to 55. Sometimes he waits till you are totally out of options. He waits till you're no longer able to work the way you think you ought to work. And I can hear God say, the reason I didn't do it then is because you wasn't ready. Amen? There is a process that we must go through to get to the promise. When you've gone through some stuff, your level of reception is much higher. I was thinking as I was preparing, Brother and Sister Hill have a, have a wonderful church here. This, this is a marvelous church. I don't need to tell you, but it is. Anyone in their right mind would be thrilled to pastor a church such as this. But it didn't come without a little bit of persecution. It didn't come without someone making remarks that were hurtful and destructive. I remember... Brother Dennis called me one day. He said, 
they've put out a brochure on me. Had a picture of David Koresh and Charles Manson and Dennis Hill. It wasn't done by the ungodly. It was done by LaGrange church members. Anybody home? Sent out a brochure with Charles with uh, Charles Manson, David Koresh, and Dennis Hill saying, do you see the resemblance? Let me tell you, Brother Dennis was mad. He said, what should I do? I said, absolutely nothing. He said, what do you mean nothing? I said, you can't buy that kind of advertisement. Amen. You can't purchase. You, can't, you don't have enough money to buy that kind of advertisement. Somebody going to show up to see what's going on. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. God doesn't always work the way we want him to work. It would be nice if we did what God wanted us to do and it was smooth sailing with no problems at all. But I'm here to tell you, somebody is going to come up against you. Somebody is going to have some words to say about you and no doubt even to you that are hurtful. But does not have the ability to stop what God is wanting to do in your life. Do you think all this came without heartache? It came with not only heartache, but some blood, sweat, and tears. I don't know. I haven't talked to him about that, but I would imagine there was a a time or two when he quit. I quit one time for about three days. Said, I'm through preaching. I'm not going to do it again. I didn't do it till Wednesday night. You know, uh, have you ever wanted to quit? Your attitude becomes, well, what's the use? What am I, what am I benefiting? I'm just going through the motions. No, you're going through some stuff. And the stuff you're going through is what's going to prove you on the other end. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we don't know why we go through these things. Then we start blaming ourselves. What did I do? What did I do to deserve this? Oh, you probably accepted Jesus. If you think it's smooth sailing, you're wrong. You're in the wrong church. Some blood, sweat, and tears goes on with all this kind of stuff. Now we find this man has run out of options. He's run out of ideas. He's old, had nothing to offer. His knees are wrinkled. His back is bent. And his eyesight is fading. And God speaks. Fine. (laughs) I would love to hear God speak. But I would have loved to have heard him. A few years ago. He's old. Now he has nothing to offer. God is talking to a man. That has no heirs. About being the father. 
of many nations. Now, how ridiculous can that be? I've often said God works in mischievous ways. <laughs> besides, all, besides all of the problems with Abraham, being so rotten old he can't even do anything, and he's going to be the father of many nations, how? Sarah is barren. God loves to work against your options. He likes to come to the end of the rope. Somebody said, well, I don't have what it takes to do what God has given me to do. do you, I, I remember when uh, uh, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to some folks and said, I, I want you to feed these people. There was only about 5,000 of them there. And they said, uh, we don't have the ability to feed these. We don't have anything to eat. McDonald's is closed. We have nothing to offer. He said, well, what do you have among? So among 5,000 people, there was five loaves and two little fish. But God instructed them, feed the people. Another impossibility. But when God spoke to you, do you know what the possibilities or the odds were of you have the ability to do what God called you to do? I've put the odds at about 5,000 to 5. That's what the disciples had. 5,000 people to be fed besides the women and children. And they usually eat more than the men. Hello? The odds were against them. But when God speaks, it's best to fall on your face and say, God, whatever you say, that's what I will do. Sarah was also barren. And I could imagine the attitude and the opinion was, has gone, God gone mad? Why does he do this at a time like this? This is a man who struggled unsuccessfully to be the father of one. Unsuccessfully to be the father of one. And now when he's old and worn out, God tells him you're going to be the father of many nations. Nations will come out of you. And kings will come out of you. God is saying, I will bring into alignment that which is out of order. You know what the word breach means? You know, it's uh, supposed to be that when a baby is born, they're born head first. And when they're born breach, the word breach literally means out of order. And when they're breach, they're born butt first. Can I say that? Born butt first instead of head first. It means out of order. 
But God said, no matter what it is, I'm going to bring into order that which has been out of order for 99 years. Wow, what a mighty God we serve. God doesn't really care how old you are. He doesn't care how weak you are. He's looking at your destiny. Your destiny is your preordained future. Are you aware that God has plans for you and he's had them before the day you were born? You are not an accident waiting for a place to happen. You are the divine purpose of God. Some of you have given God 42 different excuses why you have not done what he has given you to do. Talked to a man one day that uh, came forward after the service and he said, uh, Pastor, he said, I would love to be saved, but God can't save me. I said, what do you mean he can't save you? He said, I've killed too many men. But strangely enough, God saved the man. Amen? God saved the man. I was at a hospital in Indianapolis visiting uh, with, a, uh, with a patient, a, a lady there. Her grandson was there, and he was quite a, he almost, I guess he's a gangster. Uh, he, if he wasn't, he was close. And he said, uh, Pastor, would you mind uh, coming out to my car with me? I said, oh, I don't mind. Let's go out there. Got out there, had this beautiful new Corvette. Sat down in there. He said, you know, Pastor, I would love to be saved. But God can't save me. He said, I've been too bad. Reached into his pocket and brought out a pair of brass knucks and laid them on the console. He said, I would love to be saved. I would really love to be saved. And I began to talk to this man about the drawing of the Spirit of the Lord. It wasn't the hospital visit that did it. It was the drawing of the Spirit of the Lord. Except the Spirit of the Lord draw, man. Might as well write it off because the Spirit of the Lord is the drawing agent. We talked a few more minutes, and he pulled a gun out of his side and laid it on the console with the brass knuckles. He said, if God will save me, I will forfeit all of this. God gloriously saved that man sitting in that beautiful new Corvette. No telling where he got the Corvette. But God gloriously saved that man, and it wasn't too long till he was the drummer in our church. See, God can take that which is the undesirable. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. I hear the call of God saying, I have work for you to do, and you don't need to stand by the wayside and watch it go by. Could it really be that your latter days will be greater than your former days? 
I still stand in question about that. Lord, uh, why didn't you give me this commission when I was 35 or 40 years old? I found that God isn't even concerned about your age. He doesn't care how old you are. He doesn't care how wrinkled your knees are. He really doesn't even care how much arthritis you have that you can't get around very good anymore. Now maybe you've slowed down to the point that he can catch up with you and give you the commission that he's desired to give you. Are you with me today? If God said it, you can take it to the bank. I know that you don't have the strength as a man. I know he's telling Abraham, I know you don't have any seed left. I've been waiting for you to run out of seed. So I can give you my seed. Amen. And when I give you my seed, Sarah's womb will recognize the realignment. And something will happen in her womb and it will be made alive again. Hallelujah. It will be quickened and brought back to life. Here we have the picture of God calling the impotent man the father of many nations. God calls this old man, the childless man, to do something beyond human ability. He said, there's a nation inside of you. And if you stop and think about it, the fight has always been for what's on the inside of you. That's where the fight has been. It's not about your history. It's about your future. God is always concerned about your future. The fight has always been over what's inside of you. The fight is over your unborn potential. About things that, we, that really haven't even come together yet. The fight was over whether Dennis Hill would be healthy enough to go to Israel if he was going to be healthy enough to go to Africa. You know, it's not about who you are. It's not about your past. It's about your unborn future. Are you aware there's no telling where Dennis Hill will go next? If God speaks, I love it when God speaks. When God speaks, you can go wherever you want. God will do something in your life. It's about places that you've never been before. It's about places that you never have had the desire to go before. God does more in a struggle than we can do in the calm. I know my wife made a statement the other day. We're not spring chickens anymore. She made a statement the other day. She said, I want to go back to Africa. I want to go back to, uh, to Israel. You know, you look and say, I'm not sure you're healthy enough to do that. I'm not sure that you have the physical abilities to do that. 
And the next thing you know, if God speaks, something happens. Amen. When God speaks, somehow your abilities increase. God can take you in just a moment and do more in just a moment's time than you can do with all of your doctor's appointments driving you crazy. Nobody home, is there? He said, I'm going to make you a father when you don't even feel like a man. Wow. I've been waiting for your factory to shut down. Your body is shut down and your circumstances are endless. Nothing is going your way. Mounting circumstances can't even make ends meet. When Abraham's seed hit Sarah's womb, it quickened it and brought it back to life. I guess it's all right to say this. His testosterone was gone. His muscle fibers had disappeared. The weakness had set into his body. But God, but God in all of his infinite wisdom began to speak to the man that was over the hill. Am I speaking to anyone here today? Some of you are under the hill. But some of you are over the hill. And God is choosing to deal with you in a way that he has never dealt with you before. God is wanting to give you a newness of life. He's wanting to restore that spiritual testosterone to where you can be the man that God has called you to be. Let's skip down now about 42 generations. And I find there we have the picture of a beautiful young Hebrew girl that had been rejected by her family. Her friends had turned her out because of what was termed a moral failure. We find this beautiful young lady becoming pregnant out of wedlock. Her husband didn't know what to do with her. Her friends turned their back on her. She became a laughing stock. You see, then it was a moral failure. Now it's a government problem. I'll just rub it out. But God had chosen this beautiful Hebrew girl by the name of Mary. And God planted a seed into this beautiful, perfect child of God. And about nine months later, she gave birth to a beautiful, bouncing baby boy by the name of Yeshua. 
and things begin to change. Because then we get the word, after 42 years, after God told Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And I can hear Yeshua say, I am the seed of Abraham. I am the seed of Abraham. And I read over in the book of Galatians, if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed, and you are heirs according to the promise. How many here today belong to Christ? You are the seed of Abraham. God told Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And this is a replica of what God was talking about. Some of you have waited till you felt like your time was past. God spoke to me when I was just a young child that I was to be in the ministry. But my father was a pastor and I saw what they went through and I had absolutely no desire to be a pastor or a minister. No desire. I saw the trash that they went through. I heard the lies that people told. I watched them counsel many people. And then the people go away and spit on your grave. I don't know if you're home here today or not, but let me tell you, uh, I, I watched all of it. I had no desire to be in ministry. And I was in my late 20s and I decided one day I'm going to go to the, uh, I, I need to get my lawnmower tuned up. I'd always done everything myself, but I thought I'm going to take it to the lawnmower shop and I'm going to get it tuned up. I went in there and I was talking to this elderly man with a little mom and pop place and uh, told him I wanted to get it tuned up and there was an elderly lady, it was actually his wife, was sitting there in a rocking chair, just rocking away. She said, young man, are you in the ministry? And before I could even answer, she said, if you're not, you ought to be. I had. And I thought, you know, I have a brilliant mind. It's quick. I thought, she's seen me in church somewhere. I was willing to pick and grin. I was willing to sing. But I was not willing to minister. So my mind says, she's seen me somewhere in church. So finally I asked her, I said, "Uh, where do you go to church? I said, maybe you've seen me in church. She said, oh, no, I'm a Sunday school teacher at the Hickory Tree Baptist Church. Why? Baptist people don't do that. So I 
went home, studied this thing out, and it began to bug me. Why did she tell me this? So now I got to go back and pick up my lawnmower. <laughs> so I go back to pick it up, and uh, she's still sitting there rocking. I think she was there every day. And she said, uh, I said, you know, uh, she said, oh, I know. She started, I didn't get a chance to tell her anything. She said, uh, you're getting ready to make a move. I said, I am. She said, yes, and it will be the right move for you and your family. Little was I aware what that move was going to be. But that was the very year that I entered the ministry. I could go through a whole litmus of things here, how God brought that to pass. I went back the next year, had to get it tuned up again. Said to her husband, I said, do you remember? He, he said, oh, I, I remember your face, but I don't remember. I said, I'm the one that you're what? He said, I remember. And I said, I just want to tell you things begin to change. He said, my wife's inside. Go in and tell her. Still rocking. I went in and said, ma'am, do you remember me? Well, yes, I remember you. And I, you made that move. And it was the right move for you and your family. Can I have 10 minutes? Another thing that precipitated the entire situation. I was living in Dallas and I was driving from Dallas to Oklahoma City. That's before the interstate was all in and everything. And I knew a shortcut that I could miss two or three little towns going out a backcountry road. It was snowing. It was beautiful snow. I had my radio on. And it was talk, all of a sudden they said, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Said there has been a terrible earthquake in Jerusalem. Well, I wanted to hear that, so I turned it up. And it told how much it registered on the Richter scales. Well, I had never thought about that before. And they said, we are standing at the temple. And the drapes of the temple have been torn from the top to the bottom. And I thought, my Lord, that's what happened when Jesus was crucified. I've got to hear more of this. And it said, now there is access to go beyond the curtains. Go beyond the veil. And I thought, oh, I've got to, uh, and they went off. We said, stay tuned for further reports. Well, I started turning to another, another channel, another dial, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you will not hear that again. That was for you. I mean, what's going on here, Lord? I got to Oklahoma City where my mother was. She had already gone to bed. And I got there, I don't know, probably 11 o'clock that night. And uh, I said, did you hear about the earthquake in Jerusalem? She said, no. 
said, I, I listened to the news just before I went to bed. They didn't say anything about it. And I knew at that moment that it was just for me. But I didn't know what it meant. And I was standing at a coffee shop outside one night after church, talking to another minister. And I began to relate to him about that radio broadcast. And I I don't understand. I, I just don't understand it. And I began to tell him what had happened. He began to weep. Out in the middle of this parking lot, I I think it was probably 2 o'clock in the morning, we sat there and talked and talked and talked. Finally, we were out by the cars and he began to weep. He said, don't you understand what that is? I said, no. He said, that's God's opening the veil for you to step into the ministry that he has called you to do. The same year that I entered the ministry was the same year the little woman in the rocking chair began to expose what God was wanting to do in my life. What I'm saying to you today, you are not too old. You are not too young. You are not too broke. And you're simply smart enough to do what God has given you to do. Some would say that I can't do that because I'm not even a Christian. You're the one I'm talking to. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have that privilege right now. Not everyone has the privilege. Are you aware it takes the Spirit of the Lord to draw? Somebody said, well, you can get saved anytime you want. False. It takes the Spirit of the Lord to draw. In just a little bit, this service will be over. The lights will be turned out. The last goodbye will be said. The last hand will be shaken. And this service will be headed straight for eternity. It won't be able to bring it back. It will be the time that this service enters into eternity. And if you're here today, I urge you, if you don't know Jesus as your very personal... Not, not a friendship as your very personal Savior. I want to give you that invitation right now. I would like for you to just slip your hand up in the air and say, I would like to be that child of God that God can use. Anywhere across this congregation.